Uh, my name's Hayden, and I'm glad that you chose to join us at church this morning to gather amongst each other. Some new people in the room, some familiar people in the room, and praise God, the Lord is in the room, and He is the one who it's all about, and I'm so grateful for that. We are uh, jumping back into a, a mini-series to kick off the new year that we've titled Momentum. Come on, everybody say Momentum. 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 We're getting to know that word better week in and week out, and because that, that's our prayer for one another, that each, each person in the room would have lives that are filled with momentum. In other words, that you would have forward motion. Even if you fall, you fall forward. Amen. You would, even if though you're a struggler, you're, you're struggling forward. I'm getting, I'm getting better every single day. It may not be exponential growth, but I am going forward. That's, that's momentum. And a lot of little growth over time is a big leap. Amen. Where somebody goes, you're a different person. Uh, God is doing something in your life in profound ways. And sometimes it's hard to see it in the moment, but other people can feel it. And it's to his glory. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I, I want to lean into that subject today, picking it right up where we last, last left off last week. If, if you are new to Walk Church, maybe this is your first time, just like Pastor Stacey shared. We, we'd love for you to, to come back next week and continue to engage with us. Take the three-week challenge. Um, but I would encourage you to go revisit last week's sermon so that you can get the first three points uh, that lead us into the message here today. How many of you know that man doesn't live off bread alone, but by every word? Say every word. Every word word that comes from God in his book recorded for us in this library of content inspired and breathed out by God himself. So let's go ahead and pray as we open up the word today. Father, we pray that right now in Jesus' name that God, you would speak to us, that you would teach us, that you would impart something to us during this sermon that we could be encouraged by, challenged by, convicted by, and then we can apply it in our daily living. God, we don't want to just hear a motivational pep talk. We can get that from a lot of other places, but we need a word from your word today. Help us to have momentum that is led by your spirit. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Yeah. I just feel like the room is ready to clap today. I love that energy Uh, because the sermon, right, is not just a monologue. It's not just me preaching. It's us growing deeper in the word together as I'm communicating. Feel free to respond and engage with me. Last week, I, I started with this sermon that's titled Habits That Shape Momentum. We're talking about habit shaping because I don't want you just to have a list of resolutions that could potentially already be defeated by now. Like you, you may have been the person on Monday, January 2nd, and you did your selfie in the gym. I ain't even mad at you. I did one too. All right. But by Wednesday, you were already, you already broke it. All right. You were like, ah, I got my one in and that was enough. Well, here's my hope that you wouldn't just have a day of momentum, but you would have habits that you put in place that help shape a life of momentum. That's what we're talking about. So last week I encouraged us our 2023 challenge is to build habits that are influenced by our core values. Here at Walk Church, we have six core values. The the first one is, say it with me, God dependence. Second one, authentic community, generous living, life-giving atmosphere, intentional honor, kingdom collaboration. These six values are near and dear to our church because they shape 
the culture of our church. I talked about the definition and the, the idea of culture last week. Culture is the ground that everything grows out of. Culture is the, the soil, the, the fertilizer that you use, that which brings and produces for the, the growth from what you planted. And so that means that you could even plant something that if you don't have the right culture, it can't grow out of. These are the things that shape the culture of Walk Church. We're a God-dependent church. That means we're absolutely reliant upon Him, His presence, and His power. So we're going to do a lot of things that have God dependency on it, like pray, like worship, like lean into the word, like do things that are risky, that require faith because we're dependent on God to do it. We talked about how we're getting ready to do 21 days of prayer and fasting. It starts tomorrow, all right? So I hope that you're excited. I hope that you're getting ready. And I hope that you grab one of our new devotional guides by the time you leave because these things are going to help us with our God dependence and our habits that shape God dependence. The second one was authentic community. We talked about how we want you to be less secretive this year, more authentic. More authentic with your conversations, with your walk, with your talk, with your lifestyle. It's okay if you're not doing great. It's okay if you don't have everything put together. Welcome to the club, amen? Amen. Somebody came up to me after our 9 a.m. service and she had tears. She just said, I'm so grateful to be here today because finally I can be around normal people. That, that love God? And I said, oh, we're super normal. <laughs> um, yeah, you're in the right place. Like, we don't have to, like, put on our, like, church facade. Because people can smell that, right? They're like, uh, I don't really know if that's what I'm interested in. I want to be, be real, authentic, and I want to grow. Right? Authentic community. Uh, last week, we talked about life-giving atmosphere. Right, we talked about how the atmosphere that we bring the church into, right? Church isn't an event you go to. Church is who we are as a family. That wherever the church is, it should have an essence of life-giving. Not life-taking, but we give life wherever God has placed us. That, that, that core value has been making its way into my home and into my life, specifically in the area of cleanliness, right? And just in other words, I'm, I'm, I'm doing some dishes because it's life-giving. I'm picking some stuff up because it's life-giving. I'm... I'm Whatever that may be for you, whatever signifies life-giving, the atmosphere, smiling, uh, responding, that's life-giving, amen? Amen. Holding the door, that's life-giving. We want to talk about a little bit more about what are some life-giving things. Those are the three we talked about last week. You can get those in the sermon. Today, I want to go into part two and our other three core values that we're going to talk through here. Now, the first one that I want to hit is the value generous living. Generous living. Uh, I want to go ahead and put the disclaimer out there. I know that this topic of generosity could make some people here in the room or online feel uncomfortable. Here's my ask of you. If that's you, I want you to lovingly, challengingly ask yourself, why does this make you feel uncomfortable? Why do I say that? Well, because I had to do that. For the first several years of our church, people, other leaders had to tell me, hide and preach on generosity more. It's important. It's a biblical topic. It, in fact, it's something that Jesus preached on often. I'd say, it makes me feel uncomfortable because I don't want to be that guy and all that. And then I had to realize, why do I feel uncomfortable? If Jesus preached on it and the Bible talks about it, and it's a big deal, in fact, Jesus himself, the Lord would say, where our treasure is, our heart will be, and our hearts are the life spring of our life, we should talk about how to have godly stewardship 
of generosity. And then I realized, not only is this something we should talk about, but this is part of our church's value. We value generous living. It's part of the culture of this house. And so we're going to talk a little bit about how to have a life of habits that shape generous living. Now, the first point, I'm about to go to it. The first point on how you can live generously this year and have a generous lifestyle, it's going to be so basic and so simple, it might go over your head. I was praying, and I, and I grabbed this phrase. I said, okay, our core value is generous living. I said, Lord, give me some habits to put in place. How do we do this? Here it goes. Ready? <laughs> live generously. There we go. What I felt from the Lord when I really said, Lord, how do you build habits that shape generous living? Here's what I heard him back say. Live generously. <laughs> Profound, I know. Yeah. Super deep, I get it. Yeah. It might hit you on the, in the car ride home. If you want to have a culture that, that really embodies generous living, here's how you do it. You start living generous. Make it a habit to live generous. What does generous mean? It means giving with a joyful attitude. Generous is not just money. Generous could be giving time. Generous could be giving attention. Generous could be giving a smile. I was somewhere the other day. I watched what looked like a mother and a son go out to eat together, and the mom sat there, and the son stayed on the phone the whole time. And I was trying to like, I wanted to just, dude, bro, this is a moment. And what I realized, that's not generous. Now, it's one thing, even if if he would have paid for the bill, which I don't think that happened, right? I'm I'm assuming here, forgive me for assuming, but I'm assuming that the mom wanted the time more than the food, right? Right? Some mom wanted to clap for that right there. Come on, somebody, right? Oh, man. Listen, generous living, living generous. You start to shape a culture of generosity in your life. This is something the Holy Spirit's been working on me for for over a decade. It's just continuing to grow in generous living. There's times where the Holy Spirit will prompt me, nudge me, drop an idea on me, and watch me to see what I'll do with it. And it has to do with generosity. Hey, Hayden, I want you to give this. And I'm learning how to stop arguing and just go for it. Hey, Hayden, I want you to bless this person with this. Hey, Hayden, I want you to do this generous deed. And what, what God has been teaching me is I can trust him in that. Let me put a reality statement on the screen. I'll encourage you to write this down if you want. I've never regretted being generous. I've only regretted the times I wasn't. Whenever the Lord put something on my heart and said, Hayden, I want you to lean into generosity right here, and I've done it, I've never regretted it. If I can be honest, whether giving something big or giving something little, I've, I've never thought, yeah, that, I wish I didn't give that, right? If so, it was very rare. I can't think of many occasions where that happened. I can think of a ton where I was glad I did. Or even I came back around later and realized why the Lord showed me to do that. But listen, there have been times where I didn't respond to that prompting. 
where I just said, uh, I don't know, maybe that wasn't the Lord, or maybe I just don't know. Maybe I need to actually get this for myself, you know, or actually, I, Lord, I just got this. Why? Wait, why? And I, and I passed on the moment, and it was gone, and I regretted that. Because I realized in that moment, my stuff had me. I didn't have my stuff. And you got to ask yourself that today. Does my stuff have me? Does my wallet have me? Does my bank account control me? Or do I have the freedom and the ability and the wisdom? Dave Ramsey says it like this. You tell your money where to go, not the other way around. I think there's some wisdom, some wisdom in that. That's what I want to talk about here when it comes to generous living. We talk about this verse out of 2 Corinthians 9 all the time where it says, God loves a cheerful giver. The word cheerful is this idea of happy. Not a giver that's, uh, fine, I'll have to put it in the bucket, bin, whatever it is. Take it, Lord. It's fine. It's yours. God's like, you, you can probably just, you just go ahead and keep it. God loves a cheerful giver, but something that the Lord spoke to me when I was preparing this message is not only does God love a cheerful giver, but people love cheerful givers. Can I get an amen? Right? Maybe this year, if you want to grow in friendliness and you want to grow in stewarding the relationships God has given you, what if you started to be more generous? This is our value here at Walk Church. Look at this verse with me in Proverbs uh, chapter 16. It talks about this, this topic. We'll put it up here on the screen. It says, uh, Proverbs 19, it says, many will seek the favor of a generous person. Many people would be like, yo, you got generosity? I favor that. <laughs> I want to spend time with you. It feels more blessed to give than to receive. Every person is a friend to him who gives gifts. Now, this, this, trans, this text could be interpreted in a variety of ways. You're like, yeah, I bet. Yeah, people, people be taken. People be uh, taking advantage of that, right? But listen, can I just tell you, you can never outgive God. You can never outgive God. So if you start to have some friends and some favor and some people that are attracted to you and they're sensing your generosity. Now, of course, be wise. I don't think that you should just give money and resources away just to do it. And I also don't think that you should do that in, in hopes to get something from return because that's not generosity. That's bribery, right? Um, generosity is saying, I'm giving freely because God gave me freely. And because I'm dependent on him, and not on you, I'm going to trust him with my giving. And what I want to encourage you with, if you want to have a great year relational, be more generous. Here's what I found. People don't like hanging out with stingy people. Facts? People love hanging around with generous people. And so the more generous you become, I think the more, the more generous you become in your friendships, the more rich you become in relationship, not just in your bank account, but with the people that are around you. Make this a great year of generosity. One of my favorite Proverbs is, is Proverbs chapter uh, 11, verse 24 through 27. The whole three, four texts there just are really convicting. Let's put them up on the screen. Look at Proverbs 11. There's a person, one gives freely. Again, that's the definition. What is generosity? It's this right here. That's generosity. One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Get your economic wisdom from the word. 
Like, I'm fine with financial advisors, but this is some financial advice too. One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. That might not make sense, but this is Bible talk right here. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched. What if this year in 2023, you said, I'm going to be the person who shows up and brings blessing. Everywhere I go, I'm bringing blessing. I might not have a lot of money, but I got something I can bless you with, like a word, like an encouragement, like a handshake, like I'm not going to be on my phone the whole time. Like I'm going to focus on you and I'm going to be generous with my attention. I'm going to bring a blessing, right? One who waters will himself be watered. I read that and you know what I realized? Generosity begets generosity. If you water some, expect watering back. If you stay dry, expect dryness back. If you don't show up with blessing and nobody else shows up with blessing, nobody gets blessed. (laughs) But what I've found is generosity rubs off on the person next to you and they start to feel generous too. If you water, we watered. The people curse him who holds back grain, but it says a blessing is on the head of him who sells it. Whoever diligently seeks good seeks favor, but evil comes to him who searches for it. If you're looking for evil, evil begets evil. Generosity begets generosity. It's it's contagious. I like verse 24. I'm going to just give it to you out of the message translation just for a moment. Um, I like to read the message translation occasionally for commentary. It's not the authoritative Bible version that I like to read from the most. I do think it's a, a Bible translation that is a paraphrase. Less of a word-for-word translation, if that makes sense. Um, The message says, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. And my prayer for Walk Church this year is, I want want God to have such a a, a favor on our church. And remember, when I talk about our church, I'm talking about us. I'm not just talking about a building. I'm not talking about a Sunday thing only. I'm talking about everything. I want it to get larger and larger. I want our generosity to get larger and larger. We do a lot of stuff with church planning. Why? Because we value kingdom collaboration. I'll talk about that in a second. But I'll tell you what, church planners are needy. Church planners, yo, Pastor Hyde, can you help us get this? Hey, Pastor can you help us get this? I want to have a lot of stuff so we can give a lot of stuff. Amen? I don't like saying no to anything. Say, yeah, not only that, throw a little something extra on it too. Right? Let's go make something happen. Let's do some kingdom movement because we value generosity. We love giving. Because listen, what I've found is the more we give, the more God gives. I'm not saying that to preach a prosperity gospel that says you should do that in order to get that. I'm not saying that. I'm just trying to tell you about God's character. If you're giving generously and you're giving cheerfully, expect God to to match you in that, to find you in that, and to say, oh, I I can bless this person because this person's not holding on to it. I would say this. In 2023, don't live life like this because this symbolizes closed. I'm closed. Even if somebody's talking to you, I try not to do this because it symbolizes I'm not receiving. I'm not letting you get in. I once was in a basketball practice and the coach threw the ball at me and hit me. And he said, how are you going to catch a pass if you're closed? And I thought about that. How are you going to catch God's blessing if you're closed? How's God going to, he's going to throw you something. He's going to throw you an opportunity. An opportunity to be generous, an opportunity to meet a need, an opportunity to make a difference. And you're going to be like this. And guess what? The worst thing that could happen is God would say, I'll call somebody else. 
Because God's going to accomplish his mission regardless. Even if he looks at a, a rock and a stone, he said, I'll use that rock. I talked about this uh, on Christmas Eve. God goes where he's most wanted. Open. God, we're open to you. We're not closed. We're open to you. God, come show us your glory. We, we, we fall down into that. Um, the world of generous gets larger and larger. Lord, make it bigger. Make it larger. Make, make it bigger. I think that there's value in that as we think through generous living. I want to just go ahead and say this one more time. The culture that you shape will be the culture that you get. Let me say it one more time. Just I want to make sure you hear me. The culture that you shape, that's why I'm talking about habit shaping. The culture that you shape will become the culture that you get. What do I mean? If you shape a culture of negativity, don't get mad when everybody's negative around you. If all you are are negative in your home, your kids are going to get negative towards you and you don't get mad at them. They're just doing what the culture is. If the culture is stingy and selfish, don't get mad when nobody shares their candy bar with you. Hey, let me get a piece of that. No, you never gave me a piece. I'm just doing what I see. Now, if you shaped a culture where it's generous, people just know generosity. That's my prayer for Walk Church. Why? Can I just be honest? Can I? Can I be on 100? Let me just say this. We live in a day and age where when people hear the word church, they don't think generous. When people hear, oh, church people are here, they hear they're going to tip lousy, they're going to be rude, they're going to act entitled, and then they're going to give me an invite to their church. <laughs> and we got to stop that. We got to break through to that. And my prayer is that, look, I'm not the pastor of every church. I'm, I'm a pastor at this church, believing that our church could help be the change in the reputation of the church in our city and in America. My prayer is that people will be like, yo, I love when the walk church people come around. They don't got it all together, but neither do we. (laughs) But they're generous. Those are generous people. And and they're friendly. And they're loving. And they're authentic. They're not entitled. We're we're not looking for a a handout. We're extending a hand up. We're, we're, we're humble because we have much to be humble about. We're generous because God's been generous to us. We're focused and we're, we got attention because God's given that to us. And I just want to say the culture that we shape will, will become the culture that you get. Be generous in your marriage. Be generous in your friendships. Be generous in your kids. Be generous to your parents. Parents, be generous in, in, in all these areas. Give freely and watch how God blesses that. I'll tell you what, I, I was a recipient of this principle, generosity begets generosity. The culture you shape will be the culture that you get. I was a recipient of this recently. just want to share this quick story with you. It, it blessed me. I was thinking about this topic, and, and, and this is what came to my heart. You know, you guys may know I'm a shoe guy, all right? I've been a shoe collector for a lot of years. My mom and dad are over here. They're going to be like, well, yeah, we know, right? And I fell in love with Michael Jordan's game as an elementary student, and I've always been there since, right? And so some of you may know this, but last month, there was a really popular Michael Jordan shoe that came out, and oh, I wanted it so bad. I was praying for it, literally. (laughs) 
And I got up early to do my best to make it happen. And I got on all the apps and I hit all the buttons and I struck out. And it said, sorry, Mr. Ratner, you did not get selected. Sorry, Hayden, you did not get the shoes. And I was on my group text with a few of our brothers here in the church and other guys were like, I got them. Check out me. I got them. Praise the Lord. Jesus got me. I told y'all Jesus got me. And I was like, man, praise God for you, man. Way to go, bro. Not me, but you know, but I said here, there's a lot of time in the day left. All right. So, you know, we'll see. I'm going to go to some stores. I'm going to pray that God does a miracle, opens up the door. Somebody just happened to not pick their pair up. So I make my way to the Nike store. And I'm there, and I'm waiting in line. There's literally a line wrapped around the, the room, and I'm waiting there. And literally, the guy next to me goes, Pastor Hyden. And I say, yeah, what's up, man? What are we doing? What are we, what are we doing? And he said, I, you know, I just heard about these shoes, and I, I ventured over here, and uh, I go to Walk Church. And we started to have a great conversation all about the church. We finally get up to the line, and the kind lady at the store goes, all we have are women's sizes and kids' sizes. And so I had this thought. I guess I could get Nina some. <laughs> uh, all right, you guys got her size? Yeah, we got. We got one pair left. I said, all right, get, go ahead and give them. And then they didn't have this brother's size. And he goes, he goes you know what? I want to bless your kid with a pair. I said, for real? And he goes, give my size to him for his son. I said, Bro. Praise God. So he pays for him right there. I get Nina's pair and I go home and I say, I got the shoes for y'all. And, you know, I blessed Nina and she was happy and I blessed Epav. I don't know that he cared. <laughs> what are we doing? And I, and I stayed on the, the grind trying to find this, figure it out. And each hour, they were getting more and more expensive, right? And I was like, all right, I'm just going to have to just let it go. Trust the Lord. The shoes don't have me. I don't have the shoes either. So you know what? Trust God with it. That was a Saturday. I come to church Sunday morning, and we have a great service. God is moving in the service, and I'm talking to some people uh, afterward. And then Nina comes in. And she says, hey, I need, to, I need to take you over to the 412 hallway. We got some stuff that I need to talk with you about. And she gives me that look like, I better get going. <laughs> okay. I'm, I said, all right, let's do it. So I'm thinking, I'm, we're walking. I'm like, there's some type of fire we need to put out. She just goes, just follow me. I'm like, what's wrong? She says, just follow me. So she takes me there and we walk into this classroom. And there goes a bunch of guys from our group text. And I'm like, what's going on right now? Not even thinking about what's like, what happened? What, what, what are we, what's going on? And then some of the brothers begin to share how they've seen generosity modeled in our church. And then not only that, but honored me and said, we've seen generosity modeled in your own life. And because of that, in like almost like a magic trick way, somebody pulled out the shoes behind their back. (laughs) Bang. And I said, Oh, what are those? Whoa, what's going on here? They said, man, Pastor Hyde, we wanted to bless you with these Jordans. We all chipped in. We put in together because we wanted to honor you and bless you because we've seen you bless others, and we, that's who we are as a church. We are generous. Amen? And man, I just want to thank God for the people of God in this, in this church that 
Did not have to do that at all. I was not expecting anything. In fact, I was totally thrown off and moved to be more generous. Like, man, this feels good. Generosity feels good. Right? And man, I pulled the shoe out. I smelled it. Put them on. I was so blessed. I'm still blessed by that. I was moved by that. I've I've told other church planners this. The culture you shape will be the culture you get. So if you lead with generosity, I don't care if there's 15 people in your church or 1,500 people in your church. If you you shape a culture of generosity, that'll that'll come back. If all you are is negative, you never honor, you never are generous, you're everybody stingy, they will be stingy to you. Shape that. Generous living. So, so the first, build habits by living generous. Second, build habits by loving generous. Living generous, loving generous. These are the two things that I really sense from the Lord. How are you going to have a life of generous living? You got to live it. And then you got to love it. I want to encourage you to be more generous with your love this year. Let me tell you why it's important. Jesus delivered this powerful sermon in John chapter 13 where he said this phrase, a new commandment I give you. Here's why this is an important statement. A new commandment I give to you. Why is this powerful? Here's why. Because in the Old Testament, in the Levitical and Deuteronomy law, you'll find there's 613 different commands. The law is very, very big. There's a lot of different things that the Lord called his people to do. We believe that Jesus is the fulfillment of the Old Testament law, and he brings forth a new covenant that's in his blood that is confirmed by his spirit, and we live by that. Now, he says this. He doesn't necessarily take away from the Old Testament law. He says, a new commandment I give you. In other words, everybody should listen. Everybody should be like, oh, snap. This is like the Bible being written right in front of us. A new commandment I give you. And they're like, 614? Here goes, the, here goes the commandment from Jesus. So this, is, this is new and this is different. He says that you love one another. Agape love one another just as I've loved you. You also are to love one another. Now watch this. He says, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. What does Jesus do? He says the measuring stick of your discipleship will be by the way and the degree to which you love one another. And Jesus, he, he says a new commandment because one of the commandments is love your neighbor as you love yourself. And not enough people even have love for themselves. So they're not loving toward each other. And Jesus says, let me give you a new commandment. You know how I've loved you? Do that. Sometimes I'll just do a little test. I'll test our charge group or I'll test people in our lives and I'll just say, hey, give me some ways Jesus loves you. And here's what I always hear. Patient with me. Kind to me. Forgives me of my sins and my shortcomings. Patient with me. (laughs) Kind to me. Forgives me again for my shortcomings. He died for me. He rose for me. He shed his blood for me. He sacrificially gave himself for me. He's generous to me. All these ways. Make a list of how the, way, how the Lord loves you and then say, okay, this is what I'm going to, these are my habits for 2023 
for one another, the people that God's put in my life. Here's what will happen. People will say, I can tell you've been with Jesus. You got the aroma of Christ on you. Why? Because you got the aroma of love on you that is just different. My prayer for us is that you would live generously, you would love generously. I can't say this enough to married couples. Put this into effect. Wives, be generous with your living. Be generous with your loving. Husbands, be generous with your loving. Be generous with your living. For those who are single, start practicing these things now. Start living generously. Start loving people generously. Agape love. Agape is not based off of feeling. Agape is based on choice. There's different types of love. There's eros love. That's a love that's based off emotion and feeling. There's phileo love. That's friendly, brotherly love. That's where we get the city of Philadelphia, that name. But agape love says, whether I feel it or whether we're friends, I'm going to love you anyway. And And my hope is one day the feelings and the friendship will come. So that's why you can't say, I fell out of love for this person. You should just say, I just chose to stop loving you. You don't fall into love. You don't fall out of love. You just choose to or not. Feelings come and go. Right? So I want to encourage you to trust him with that. Live generously, love generously. Can I just say one more thing about this and then we'll, we'll continue to, to press in. Um, when I was working on this sermon, I thought about somebody in my head. Somebody came to mind where I, th- where I thought, this person lives these two, living and loving generously. Put these two up on the screen. How do you have generous living? You live it and you love it. Um, I thought about one individual in our church. There's, a, there's a, quite a few people in our church that live this, but this one person stuck out to me for this moment, and I want to take a moment to honor this individual. If you know this person who I name, you're going to say, yep, I know what you're talking about, and that is my good friend and my brother, Manu Nunu. Where is he at? Uncle Manu? Is he here? Come on. Would you stand up, Manu? Come on. Come on. I think we should all stand and let's just honor this brother. Come on, Uncle Manu. I know he would not want me to do this, but I'm choosing to anyway because I love him and I'm thankful for him. We had, come on, stay standing just for a second. We, we had some, some issues within our worship component uh, this year where uh, we had to have a transition in leadership. And we've worked through that in such uh, uh, ways that we've asked the Lord to lead us in it. And God has done that. But in that time, uh, Manu just said, hey, I just want to live generously. I'll be open to leading the worship team in whatever way that you guys see fit. And you cannot pay me for it. And we were like, what? And he said, that's the only agreement. And he has done such a faithful job of loving us and serving us well. Every once in a while, I'll sneak over to his house. He opens his house weekly for worship practice. There's always big bags of Chick-fil-A there. And sometimes I'll say, who bought all this? They say, man, Uncle Manu did. I'll be like, yo, I'm coming back next week. I love this place, right? And it's not just Manu. It's also his wife, Tina. She is incredible. The whole Nunu family is learning generosity because of this man. And so is our church. Um, and so we just wanted to take a moment to honor you. And we have a gift that we got for you. You know why? Because today's his birthday. Come on. <laughs> Pastor Stacy, show us what we got him. Show us what we got him. Now, this was a little difficult for me to get because I'm, you know, not necessarily on that side. But it's a 49er jersey. 
It's a, it's a custom-made Manu Nunu San Francisco 49er jersey that we wanted to make just for you, brother. That's a one of one. Only, so you can't give it away. You got to have it, all right? Just receive it. And then y'all can sit down. Um, so grateful for uh, my brother Manu, his life. And, and here's why. Because you live generously and you love generously. And, and people want to be around you because you model that so well. And we honor you for that. We thank God for your life. We just wanted to bless you with a little something here today. And I want to encourage everybody in the room to grow in this area. I think it, it makes life more fun. If I can be honest when I say that. And somebody's thinking right now, would you move on from the generosity point? <laughs> no, let's keep going. <laughs> I got just one, a few more things to say about it. And then I'm going to just scratch the surface of the other two values, which I think are really important as well. How, how can we put some habits in to live generously this year. Uh, Pastor Travis Ogle said in the podcast, if you didn't get a chance to listen to it, I would encourage you to listen to it. Go to Hayden Ratner Level Up Leadership Podcast. And you can go and subscribe and get the content. But one thing he said in the podcast was, either we're going to design our year or we're going to live by default. And he goes, the choice is ours. Interruptions will happen. And interruptions are actually invitations to Jesus, right? Interruptions are going to happen. But we can, we can be a whole lot more confident that we'll hit these goals if we design our goals that way, rather than just hope they happen. So here's, here's some ways that I think can help you with design. I'll put three up here on the screen. Uh, tithe, save, and bless. These are the three that I'm, I'm building habits around. Nina and I are building habits around these three. Here we go. Number one, tithe. It's saying I'm starting with God. Before I get to saving money, before I start to bless others, I want to first start by blessing the Lord. I want to start by saying, God, I want to honor you with my tithing. Tithing, it's the, it means tenth. It's saying, God, you've given me 100%. You've given me, maybe, so maybe you got paid $1,000. It's saying, God, I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to take 100 out of that 1,000, and I'm going to honor you with that 10%. Right? If God's given you $100, it's you saying, okay, God, you've given me 90, and I'm grateful for that. But I'm going to take this 10, and I'm going to honor you in your house with that. And I just want to say it. I say it every single week. It's not because God needs your money, because he owns it all already. It's because we need to learn generosity. It, 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 if we don't have the instruction, it's likely we won't do it. And so God has put into habits throughout his word. In the Old Testament, all the way throughout the New, there's this habit of generosity. In the Old Testament, you'll see the tithe on display. You'll see Abraham tithing. You'll see Jacob tithing. He probably learned it from his dad. You'll see the, 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 the Old Covenant law in, encouraged tithing. In fact, up to 23% to the household of God. And then you'll find these big verses in the book of Malachi, chapter 3, where God says, Hey, you guys are doing pretty good, Israel, but you're robbing me. And then God says, you'll ask, when did we rob you, God? And then God says, you robbed me with your tithes and your offering. And then in quote, he says, bring the full tithe into my storehouse that I may serve my people. Right? And I just want to encourage you today, if you're robbing God, stop. I would rather live off 90% of what God's given me and trust him with 10 
than live off a hundred of what God's given me and trust him with nothing. Listen to me. I believe in this. We live this. I'm not talking from theory. I'm not talking what I think could happen. I'm talking about practitioner-based wisdom. Not just tested from me, but from a lot of people before me, including the word. If you put God first in this area, you can trust him to take care of everything else. Listen to me. If you don't put God first in this area, I don't think that you should pray, God, come through for me. God's going to say, I gave you the model. Now, of course, you can pray that, and God's going to have uber grace, right? And he might work a miracle for you. He might. But listen to me. When you can say, God, I've trusted you with this, now you got to do the rest. (laughs) Expect God to say, watch me work. But when you say, hey, God, I kept all this for myself, God's going to say, well, do what you do. Let me know how it works. How's that 10% treating you? I had 15% for you, but you wanted to keep... Like, I've just learned that God has more in store. Yeah, every time. My, my wife, Nina, is right here. I'm just thinking about this. She made a note in the month of December in her phone. She goes, hold on a second. I got I to gotta make a note. I said, What's, what do you got going on in that note in her phone? She said, this is just all God's miracles. And she had a note of all the, the generous moves that God has done in our lives just in the month of December that we didn't want to forget. <laughs> We were like, yo, God came through with this out of nowhere handshake, this crazy email, this person who was at a restaurant, who was at a coffee shop that just decided to walk up to us and bless us. And this person called us out of nowhere. All these miraculous blessings. She said, I just don't want to forget. One, because I want to tithe off all of them. Of course. And two, because I just want to remember how God moved in December, his faithfulness. I believe if you trust him with this first point, honor the Lord. That comes from Proverbs 3. It says, honor the Lord with the first fruits of your harvest and watch him him do the rest, right? I'm telling you, you honor him. Now you could say, how do I honor him? I'm saying the basic first step is tithing. Now you might say tithing's easy stuff. I need to go up. Go up! The New Testament says 100%. The New Testament says, all of it's yours, Lord. I'm just going to follow you. That's why in Acts chapter 4, people were selling their houses. It wasn't weird. It was just saying, we're just doing what Jesus told us to do. Now, I'm not telling you what you need to do. I'm giving you some habits that you should put into place. Nobody's going to judge you differently regardless of what you do. I'm just trying to help you unlock generosity in your life. Starting with tithing is a good place to start. High school students, if you're working, start now. Somebody gives EPAF a $20 bill. We're teaching them how to tithe $2. And we're teaching them how to come into church excited to give. Not a burden, but a blessing. I was actually with him last night. My son, I was saying goodnight to him, and we were praying for somebody to get something. And, uh, and he goes, Dad, it's already, God already has that. He already has all of it. I said, man, you got it right. I need to be reminded of that. God's got it. He's got you. Amen? Amen? Honor the Lord with your first. You can do that through tithing. I would even say this. Go on the website and set it up as automatic reoccurring deposit, because then you won't forget I'm just telling you, that's how we had to do it, because if not, you might be tempted to deceive yourself, like, ah, maybe I'll just take off this couple weeks. I don't want to rob God. I want to trust God. Um, Save. There's a proverb that says, the person who saves money makes it grow little by little. And I think there's power in saving, right? So maybe one model that I've heard before is to tithe 10%, save 10%, and then live off of 80%. 
Just an idea, right? The reason why I think it's wise to save money is because then you have more room to be generous. I know for, for, for our family, we're thinking about more ways to be generous in this year. In other words, global missionaries, church planters, FCA leaders in our city. We support big from our church, but we want to support just individually too from our family. We want to be a part of kingdom values just in our family. And so in, or, in order to give more, you got to save more, yeah. right? And so we want to put into practice habits that help us do that. Yeah. I think saving some money could be of benefit. And here's why another reason why I think it's beneficial. Because when we die, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, live on, depending on if you know Jesus or not, your money is going to go somewhere. <laughs> The proverb says, everybody who saves money is saving it for somebody else. I'm just telling you, you might as well choose who that person should be. You should probably say, okay, I'm saving this for my children's children's children. And that helps. So that's some good wisdom to put into practice this year. And finally, bless. Uh, Look for opportunities to bless. Be searching and seeking for ways to give a gift. Seek out opportunities to bless somebody, get, get somebody, provide for somebody. Um, be the person that says, I'll do it. I'll get it. I want to bless and trust God with that. If you have that mentality, if you go throughout the week and you think this is my week to bless, God, where's it at? Wait, God, g- give it to me. Give it to me. Then you'll be ready. Don't avoid it. Lean into it and watch God do something great through that. If you got to say, I got it. I recognize it's uncomfortable, but I think if you can get comfortable getting uncomfortable with generosity, that's going to be fun. I really, I really believe it's going to be fun. Let me give you the, the next um, core value. Intentional honor. Intentional honor. It means that you're not honoring by accident. You're honoring with intentionality. What's your intent? My intent is to honor. It's one of our values here at Walk Church. That's why we have little cards that say intentional honor. That's why we take moments like we just did with Uncle Manu, where we just wanted to honor him and his family. And it took intentionality to go to the NFL store and make sure we got a jersey that had his name on it because we wanted to just intentionally bless him. And we picked a certain number because we knew that number was important to him. And did you see the intentionality? That didn't just happen by accident. And nor does it need to happen by accident with you. If I can even be so transparent to say, if we leave things up to accident, we'll actually go the opposite route. On accident, we slander people. (laughs) On accident, we gossip about people. On accident, we dishonor people. Why? Because we're sinful in our nature. Me and you have our great ancestors, Adam and Eve, to thank for the nature of sin that's within us. And so we lean towards sin. But if you're intentional, you can design your year with honor. Romans chapter 12, verse 10. Look at these verses with me. Romans 12, 10 says it like this. It says, love one another with brotherly affection. There's the word agape again. Outdo one another in showing honor. So I would even say this. You could um, start to have honor battles you start to get competitive with the way you honor one another. Say, no, I want to honor you. No, no, no I want to honor you. Let's, let's see who wins. 
And you just, you just get on, you just say, I'm going to just make this a practice. I'm building a habit around honoring one another. It, it, I found that especially amongst men, we get uncomfortable complimenting each other. We like have to give like a backhand comment like, yo, man, that was a good word for an uneducated person. <laughs> it's like, man, you couldn't just keep it at word, right? Like we, we love to like, you know, throw a little jab, just, do, just uncomfortably honor somebody and tell them how much you love them and are thankful for them because it's important. It's a biblical concept. Let me show you Hebrews chapter three. In the book of Hebrews chapter three, you'll find that the um, author of Hebrews says this says, but exhort one another every day. The word exhort means to build each other up. Not tear each other down. Build each other up. Somebody say every day. day. This is hard to do every day. I'm not on the level of the Hebrews author. But I want to put into practice habits so I can try this. Build each other up. One translation says encourage one another every day. As long as it's called today. That none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Honor and encouragement is such a big deal because without it, you might fall into the traps of sin. Satan might start being the louder voice and might saying, you're terrible. You know, you should go back to the world. Nobody loves you at that church. In fact, they don't even know your name. You should just go sin. You should just go do something negative, right? And and you know what could happen? Text message. Hey, bro, thinking about you. Love you. Hope to see you Sunday. You know, you're an awesome leader, by the way. I saw what you, you had a great outfit on. And all of a sudden, that hardness gets soft. And you're like, that was a bunch of lies I was listening to. That's why encouragement matters. That's why an honoring word could turn a negative into a positive. I want to encourage you to build habits around encouraging others, honoring others, lifting each other up, starting your home. Build each other up. As long as it's called today, you might not have tomorrow. Tomorrow, you might not have the opportunity to do it. If you got the opportunity today to tell somebody an honoring and encouraging and exhortation, do it. It could save them from sin. It could save them from going into sin and being hardened. I think it's that big of a deal. Proverbs 20 says it like this. Proverbs 20 verse 3, it says, Uh, It's an honor, there goes that word again, for a man to keep aloof from strife, but every fool will be quarreling. If 2022, you were the the quarreler of the year, (laughs) you're an expert in quarreling, arguing, being negative, this is the year to say, you know what, I got the t-shirt, I don't need another one of those. I'm going to actually be the honor of the year, the encourager of the year, the exhorter of the year. It's actually more honoring for me to avoid strife than it is for me to start strife. I think sometimes in church they think, oh yeah, life giving and intentional arguing. <laughs> I go to some churches and I'm like, man, y'all argue a lot. Y'all are really negative and cold. Want to have debates on this and that and what, you know, nitpicky on this and that. And I love talking theology, but make sure your heart's right. Are you just trying to win a battle or are you trying to get the word right? Are you just trying to correct before you connect? Because the verse right before that says, love how Jesus loves me. I don't see Jesus, oh, you guys are terrible and need to do better. Jesus comes down, he gives his life. And he lovingly bends down the tree to show us the fruit. And he says, this is how it's done. 
And I don't want to do intentional arguing. In fact, I don't have energy for that. And help me see it when I'm wrong. Let's, let's live authentic. But let's have intentional honor too. The Bible says to honor your parents, your father and your mother. Um, you don't even have to agree to still honor. You can, in an honoring way, say, I disagree. You can, in a loving or an honoring way, work this thing out together. Honor one another. It's an honor for a man to keep aloof from strife. Now, that's not me saying you should avoid anything that's difficult because that's part of the Christian life, but you shouldn't go creating it. Does that make see the difference? If it happens, lean into it with humility and address things with authenticity. But don't just create a quarrel to create a quarrel. That's foolish. Yeah. <laughs> All right, last point. We're, we're done. Last point, we're done. This is going to be quick. Kingdom collaboration. But build habits around kingdom shaping. Build habits around collaborating together for the sake of expanding God's kingdom. In other words, um, it, don't just be about Walk Church. Be about the kingdom of God expanding through Walk Church. You know, Pastor Stacy talked earlier about doing a homeless outreach in a couple weeks. That's kingdom collaboration. I think that's something special uh, to get in on. Maybe you might start thinking about serving, serving in our kids ministry, serving on our setup and teardown team, serving on our worship team, serving on uh, our media and tech team, serving on uh, our first impressions team. I, we got a lot of dream teams. Serving on our creative and merch team, whatever that may be. We're starting a coffee team, serving on our coffee team. Come on. We're starting these different things up to try to, to, try to have a more life-giving atmosphere, and God's going to use you to do it. Amen? And so collaborate together. Kingdom stuff. You might think this year, I think I need to be a part of a church plant. Well, as hard as it may be for us, we might want to send you out for the purpose of kingdom collaboration. If you got it all, say, I got it. Got it. it. Well, let me pray. And um, we're going to respond in a time of worship. And then we're going to close out our service here today. Father, I I just thank you for this sermon. I know it it wasn't easy to preach and it wasn't easy to listen to, but I pray that it helps somebody, somebody online, somebody in the room that this message helped. God, we know it's all about you. It's all about Jesus. If there's one person in the room that needs to respond right now, if you're here and you need to give your yes to God, I want to invite you to do that right now. Just join me in this prayer of faith. Say, Lord, here I am. I need you. I'm a sinner. And I believe you're my savior. I believe you died for my sins believe you rose from the grave. I believe you love me. I love you back. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I'm ready. In Jesus' name. Amen.